Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hello, guitar geeks and guitar stories podcast fans. We're back. It's me, Andy, and Dr. Dan is there. Hello, Dr. Dan. Hey, Andy. All this terrible lag, and your your voice is cutting out every third word. So, come on, I've got I've got some seriously good news, and I really want to share it with the world, and I can't because we can't understand you i can see glenn is in the green room backstage comfortably (laughs) sitting waiting uh um before we go anywhere near the show tonight with the wonderful glenn fricker who is in the green room waiting i want to say thank yous to studio Camille michiel because he sent me a boss ds1 even though i have 14 boss ds1s i do not have sorry i did not have this version 4 and now I do. He saw one uh, somewhere in Spain. I'm guessing on Reverb or something. And um, because I did the shoot at it, uh, he, he sent me one. Uh, absolutely unnecessary, but very much appreciated. So, Mikhail, thank you very much. Um, Dan is writing to me that he's sorting himself out. And my audio is clipping. Goodness, it's all, all going on the place. I've got some huge news, um, which is both huge and maybe... I don't know. It's No, I was going to say it's not irrelevant. I was going to be British. It's extremely important. Recently, there was a poll on Music Radar for the best online guitar personalities. And Ola England won. He came first, but I came fifth in the world. And I think that's, that's nuts. So for everyone that voted for me, thank you very much. Um, I... I, I, yeah, I've just realized that we've got Glenn here and he wasn't in the poll, so I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> um, okay, I'll tell you what, screw it. I'm going to bring Glenn in. Glenn, is it okay to bring you in right now whilst we wait for Dan? Why not? Why not? Uh, wow, Hello, yeah, Glenn. you did make yeah, Good for you, dude. Congratulations. That's cool. Wow. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah I'm um, not a guitar personality per se. It's much more like, uh, you know, more well-rounded studio stuff and whatnot. So there we go. Exactly, and I suck at mixing, so um, I need to watch there your channel you more. It's it, yeah, yeah my, mine's much more focused towards the whole your know, recording end of the guitar spectrum kind of thing, as opposed to just straight up guitar knowledge and whatnot. Um, but I will say that I did manage to piss off the entire gu- guitar community this morning, so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I haven't watched that video. I've been working all day, and then I came straight to the stream, and I saw that you have a, a video entitled something like Upsetting the Guitar Community, and I can't wait to watch it, so please don't, don't well, spoil All I can it, say is, I you know, three weeks it. ago, I did something called the Vintage Guitar Tone Challenge, and right. um, so I basically had everyone comment on some some blind tests. And um, all, all I can say is watch the fucking follow-up video because there's a lot of salt in those comments. <laughs> I'm going to watch it after this yep. show, and I recommend. Yeah, all I can say is tone snobs have been have been. Uh, um, how should we say? Stomped into the ground. <laughs> That's like, good. That's yeah, good. And that, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's like basically, I've, guitar players listen with their eyes, and I have definitive proof of it. So right, I I can't wait. Um, yeah, in fact, I'd rather do that than doing this live stream right now. But we'll <laughs> we'll bring Dan back in. We'll bring Dan in. Uh, Dan, are you there? A lot of fun. And the, whole, the the whole purpose of that video wasn't to make guitar players look like idiots. They do a great good enough job of that all by themselves. No, this was to give people maybe a little bit of knowledge to be armed with when they walk into a music store and think a, a little bit more carefully about where they spend their money. That's all. All right, that's good. So I'm always a big less money. Uh, and-
and getting all the same or better results. So exactly, I, I would absolutely watch that. Yeah. Um, right, uh, Glenn. Uh, Dan normally does a, a an introduction for our guests, and I'm sure he's done one this week. In fact, I know he's got a special title for this introduction. Oh fuck! And, here we go. Do I? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you you text me on WhatsApp, and I said that you were winning. I don't want to. I can't say what it is. Shit. Uh, I, I was I was uh, I was under the impression you meant my my pick of the week, but anyway. Oh, oh, Henning no, says hi. By the way, I just got a text from Henning. He's like, "Say hi to Andy." So, <laughs> hi Henning. Hi Henning. Right. Okay. So, Glenn, here is your introduction. It's the Glenn introduction. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so when today's guest starts talking or screaming. Others listen, and today we welcome Ontario-based YouTuber and audio engineer Glenn Fricker, who earned a reputation to fucking tell guitar players and others online to avoid recording mistakes, and who's able to expose bad products and give honest reviews without even thinking about consequences. And uh, while others still try to figure out the best way to play their solo, Glenn early on understood that uh, a major part of the money in the studio is earned on the other side of the glass at the mixing desk. And uh, with all of his experience throughout the years, he has created one of the most remarkable audio engineering channels that is entertaining thousands of people every week. And we're super happy for episode 87 to welcome him on the show. And I'm sorry to be late, but uh, super glad to have you, Glenn. Welcome to oh, the show. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's like, well, well, I do appreciate that. I certainly don't read that kind of appreciation in the comments, that's for sure. <laughs> it always just starts out with something along the lines of, you motherfucker. I was warning at the start of this, but it was probably going to be quite obvious. There's going to be some effing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. I, I normally keep my language quite clean because I think my oh, mum's okay. watching, but you never know. So, mom, oh, apologies, apologies to Andy's mom. Ahead. Sorry. <laughs> No, you don't have to apologize. You be yourself. You do you. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Wonderful. But uh, yeah, she, she watches all the time, and she knows she knows all the other YouTubers' channels, which is kind of weird. She's probably a Glenn Fricker fan. Yeah. Hey, it's Mahil. How's it going, Mahil? <laughs> so yeah, um, I want to get onto our gear picks because I'm talking to Glenn about Glenn, and I've got lots of questions yeah. and lots of stories and anecdotes about Glenn because we've Ooh. met several times in real life, of course, the three of us, in fact. And um, oh, yeah. But we want to do some gear picks, mainly because, Glenn, I think you might be able to support me this week. How would you feel if a person that worked for us consistently picked Ibanez products as their gear picks of the week? Consistently? Regularly, yeah. uh, yeah, there might might be a bit of bias there. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild <laughs> guess. Yeah, just a touch. That's fine though. It's his job, you know. It's his job. Yeah, and I also it's his like job to... to promote Ibanez. I mean, like, yeah, I'm not gonna hold hold. You know, I'm not gonna hold against him. Ibanez makes some incredible guitars. See, so that's why I picked them. Yeah. Okay. It'd be nice if I, could I don't. Try one on I the do show not deny it. <laughs> <laughs> see, see now, Glenn, you're just trying to get guitars for the show, so we're all oh. trying, to, you know, all trying to <laughs> earn a buck. Hey, right. hey, hey. Um, I'll say this. I, I'll say this. After six years of trying, Schechter finally sent me something, and and I'm so thrilled about that. So I'm like, okay, you know, you know, uh, it's possible. All I can say is that. <laughs> Good. 
Let's pray. Yeah. Um, Tom, if what, you have what... a question for Glenn, by the way, save them for a little bit later. We'll do the gear stuff and you can ask them, but I'll put them in that little pile of questions and we can ask him later and you can send him money via PayPal, etc. So um, <laughs> we have um, gear picks of the week. I think I think we'll go for Dan's pick first, Glenn. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Oh, what's it going to be? Wow. It, what, what could it possibly be? Roll, but please. Let's, My pick of the week is the gold boy. Not the gold boy, but a gold boy. The new Scotty LePage signature AC guitar. And uh, I purposely picked this guitar over the TOD, over Tim Hansen's model, because I just digging the looks. And um, it's it's one of the, I think it's first ash-bodied premium guitar. So it's a signature guitar for Polyphia's second guitar player, Scotty LePage. Um, it features a beautiful kind of golden finish, new Fishman Fluence pickups with golden bobbins, um, a special inlay, Scotty LePage inlay on the 12th thread, and some some offside block, offside white block inlays, uh, which I really dig because I've never seen the inlays like these on, on AZs. Um, I think it comes, uh, of course, with a roasted maple uh, neck and an ebony fretboard. So you have all the basic ingredients of the AZ line, but with some like polyphia intricacies, like I said, with like the Fishman Fluence pickups and the uh, yeah, the golden look. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm sold to this guitar. It's just, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And this came out together with uh, Tim's signature guitar, the TOD 10, but my boat goes for Scotty. And I actually did a, a an Instagram survey the other day uh, where people had to pick either between the TOD 10 and the uh, Chris 10. And it was, I think, like 34 for the Chris and uh, 66 for the for the TOD. So I'm going with the minority, but this guitar is, uh, like is my pick of the week because I'm digging that hard. It looks great. I'm pretty sure it sounds tight as well. How do you chaps like it? Strong pick? So-so? I think. <laughs> silence! There's never been silence ever <laughs> in a response to it. I'm, I'm just not going to sit there and go, ooh, Polyphia, it's just not my bag, man, at all. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, here's the thing. You actually brought the Polyphia guys to, to TGU number two. Yeah. And yeah. I got introduced to them as, hey, this is this guy and this guy. Nobody bothered to tell me what band they were from, so I didn't recognize them. And I'm like, I could have had them on this show. And I'm like, I, I checked them out. And I'm like, wow, you guys could really play guitar. Holy fuck. But, you know, it's like, again, it's just not my bag. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah sure. If that's your thing, cool. Well, I'm pretty sure you can play something else than just Polyphia tunes on, on that guitar. So I'm sure you can. Yeah, it's like it's basically it looks like an evolved strat with with humbuckers. And, you know, I mean, like, sure. Why not? It's uh, it looks cool. <laughs> it's it's totally not my thing at all. Like, all right. I don't like the finish. I don't like the hardware. <sighs> I don't even like the pick guard. <laughs> Glenn, like, Glenn demystifying my, my pick of the week. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like a super strat in gold. Not yeah, not mine at all. But, it, but, but it no, is. hey, if, if you're the super strats, great. That's 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 great. That's wonderful. <laughs> let's let's see what the chat is saying. <clears throat> some people are just writing the word Ibanez. Okay, seems uh -huh. like Dan has got uh, some money going out somewhere. Um, <laughs> I don't. To be honest, Sarang, that's a nice comment. This is this is a fair comment from Sarang. Hi, Sarang. He says, "Well, to be honest, I Dan has picked this week." 
regardless of my employer. That's a fair comment. I, I think, yeah. Dan, you've, you've got a strong pick this week, regardless okay. of your connections to it. Yeah, that's that's my take also. Um, what about just people just saying generally Ibanez stuff? Stay on topic, people. We're talking about this guitar, not about gems, not about peers, not about TOD tens. This nope. guitar, right? Anybody else? Um, here's a nice one. Here's a sort of uh, Alex Vanderpass says, "Wa ha 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 ha." Glenn, honesty is killing me. <laughs> Ruffle mayo. Hey, Alex, how's it going, man? Hi, Missed Alex. you last summer, nice buddy. Would have been cool to hang, but oh well. <laughs> um, right, I, I, Dan, Dan, I think you have a strong pick. I think it's a good guitar. You know, I love the AZs. They are some of the finest guitars in the world. I can understand why Dan, why Glenn doesn't like the finish. It's a little bit washed out for me. I like a, I like a stronger gold when I have my golds. Um, <laughs> I like gold. I do like gold, but I like a stronger gold. <laughs> okay. What are the what are the pickups? The Fishman Fluence. These are new, yeah. They are, these are uh, they they previously went with Dimasio, and now they switched to Fishman, and both boys have uh, their signature sets. Mm. So this is yeah Fishman Fluence set. I don't know what the voicing is about. Like, I really would have to check that out. So these <laughs> are pretty new, but um, yeah, uh, active pickups, El Nico based to see how they sound if they are specifically voiced for that type of music you know with uh some sort of distortion and, and the rest pretty pretty clean or if they can go all the way i don't know sorry uh, I'm, I'm listening to dan and i'm watching glenn and if you're listening to the audio version you are saying all these you are poking the bear you are poking that fearless gear review bear if they're voiced for I, this I, I, genre of music Okay. Are they uh, only voiced for rock songs or, or oh, math rock? No, or that, that would be childish to say, but there are, you know, you can definitely tell the difference between a ceramic bass pickup that's super. Bull uh, over, fucking shit, you can! You can, of course. No, you can't. Bullshit. That's absolute fucking bullshit. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. Fucking prove it. <laughs> If you if you put the gain all the way up, you certainly can't tell. But if you play some bullshit, games, even with the gain down, you can't tell. You can. Come on. A ceramic versus Alnico. Okay, great. Hold on. One moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> Best time ever. <sighs> oh. Oh. I don't know where Glenn's gone, but I hope he's I gone to get a sledgehammer. I hope yeah, he appears in, in the Ibanez showroom with Dan with a sledgehammer. What's he doing now? I, I don't know, but the chair's moving. Should yeah. we, let's make Glenn big. Let's make Glenn big again. Okay. Um, let's let's see what's, what's his yeah, he's, he's there. All right. What have you got there, Glenn? This is a cream tea guitar. Okay. Now, how does it have a removable pickup system where you can hop swap your pickups? They were nice enough to sell me an Alnico and a ceramic. You know what the difference is? About what? this fucking big. About 10,000 times smaller than Henning's penis. <laughs> yeah. Oops. And you can do this on the fly. I've got my video coming out on pickups on Thursday. Just watch the video. That's all I'm going to say. It's like, all you right. know, we go on and on and on and on and on endlessly about pickups. So it's voice like this. It's voice like this. That's fucking pure nonsense. It really is. The differences you're going to get are so fucking minuscule. It's not worth the effort or the price. If you want to change up your sound, change your speaker, because that's the thing that actually makes the fucking sound. 
Give it, Glenn. As far as hang on, I'm just, just gonna finish it. The only th- yeah, go, thing go you on. can, anybody's ever gonna be able to tell the difference in pickups are they single coils or are they humbuckers? And we proved that this morning. People can pick out a single coil versus a humbucker, absolutely. But we go on and on and on about voicing and whatnot. Maybe some pickups are a little hotter than another. But, you know, as for actual voicing, no, that's fucking pure nonsense. And it's nothing you couldn't change up with a parametric EQ pedal in of front course. of your amp as of well. Of course. But if we talk all straight, all straight setup, I, I think it definitely makes a change if you have like super hot wound pickups or super low, like super low. Sure. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not going to debate that. I'm talking about the actual tone, you know, the actual frequency spectrum that a pick, pickup puts out. It's so minuscule. It, it's absolutely. Like, this is the, and there's been so much information about this. Like, so I got a video coming up on pickups and th- this is great, but we waste so much time and effort going on and on and on endlessly <laughs> about pickups for the amount of difference it does. Um, somebody made a, a quote there on my channel uh, last week, and I thought this is great. You're talking about magnifying glass differences when we should be talking about the b- things that really make yeah. the big changes, yeah. like yeah. speakers. How that, 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 I, was talking to a, I was talking to a pickup maker at Guitar Summit this year. I won't say we'll probably lose the money. Was that the one where you could slide them in and out of the guitar? Because he, he made me try those out too. And I'm like, wow, I'm really impressed. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was. But this pickup maker said that, quite honestly, you would get more difference in changing the guitar cable than you would the pickups. Oh, that's he makes pickups. I would, yeah, okay. I would, I would tend to agree with that. You know, so when you go on, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, this is the thing. I had a conversation there with somebody else. I can't fucking, um, I can't mention. He worked. He used to work for a major pickup designer. I was showing him a guitar. He's like, oh, what kind of pickups are in there? And I'm like, humbuckers. <laughs> it's like that's are they humbuckers or are they not humbuckers? That's really all you got to worry about. Yep. It's like in a blind test, people can pick out a single coil, no problem. But that's about as far as it goes. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's, there's one, probably one additional spec that you would definitely could tell the difference. It's the waxing of a pickup because if pickups are oh. not waxed, they're more prone to feedbacking, etc. So oh yeah, can... yeah, noise levels, that kind of thing. Absolutely, I'm Correct. not debating that at all. You're absolutely right on the money there, Dan. No question about that. Yeah, waxed pickups if they're not done correctly, yeah, they're going to cause you all kinds of noise issues and whatnot. And that is a major major concern is if you're considering changing out your pickups, is it going to improve my tone or is it going to clean up the sound? Because I've had a situation where I took some, I had a Jackson Rhodes V with really shitty pickups. And every time I, I you know, I'd have a rest, the, the pickups would just feedback like crazy. Swapped them out for some EMGs, problem went away. Did the actual tonal spectrum of the guitar change? No, not at all. <laughs> There's, Glenn, uh, we we jumped already right into the topic, but have you have you heard about uh, heard about the guitar pickup database on Instagram? I think the, that guy is doing all the uh, the the testing, like the the, the spectral analysis. Wow! And he's that doing the A being and actually kind of really pointing out that even if you think you know if the manufacturer is pointing out that there's a big difference in in the tonal characteristics, the actual uh, diagram shows that, like you said, it's a minuscule. Difference. Right. There are differences, for, so it's yeah. not a lie. But you probably couldn't could, couldn't hear if you're not a well-trained musician, right? Say, exactly. At the top top and, level. And yeah. as a recording guy, you know, I mean, like I feel like I've been misled a lot of the times by guitar player. What's the word I'm looking for? Jargon, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when I'm looking for real solutions in my tone, I'm like, why am I not getting the sound? You know, there's a lot of bad information out there. Oh well, you need this, you need that, and you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Nobody ever says the really most obvious thing. Did you try upgrading the speaker? <laughs> you know, the I thing that we... actually makes the sound. Yeah. 
remember we, we had a we had an idea if if speakers had different colors and finishes i think uh, guitar players would swap them out and experience yes, much more with oh yeah them. exactly yeah, and, and that's the thing i've been talking to some speaker manufacturers i'm like can we make them in like you know daglow purple or something like that and yeah. nobody's been able to pull that off yet so i don't know that's a cracking idea, right? I, I, I would love um, to make a bright, bright purple speaker or or one in bright yellow or something like that. I want to do a guitar <laughs> speaker like that, you know, that, great. because if people could see them, they'd buy them. Definitely, yeah. right? Let's go back to our gear picks because for the first okay. time ever, I actually feel sorry for Dan in the gear pick. <laughs> no, no, I feel a so. little bit of pity. It's yeah, and all I gotta say is that you fuckers out there call me a shill. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so Dan's gone for this golden Ibanez with some pickups in it, which I think are humbuckers. We've we've definitely clarified that. Active yep. active humbuckers. Active humbuckers. Uh, I'm gonna go next because I can't wait to see what Glenn says about my pick. Uh <laughs> It's um yeah we'll, we'll play my I've got a jingle Glenn we'll play that and then um, sure. and then I'll recover somehow. Andy's pick of the week. I'm a little scared, but my pick of the week this week is a guitar pedal. The guitar pedal in question is a brand new release today, as of recording of the podcast. It's called the Unobtainium from Crazy Ooh. Tube Circuits. All right. And it's a two-part pedal. On the left-hand side is a, or I should say, two Dumble Amp voicings. And on the right-hand side is a Clon. Clon. And uh, it's a modified circuit or a stock circuit. You can have the buffered version or the true uh, bypass version. I didn't hear a difference when I tested those, that switch there. And it's got an effects loop, so you can put a pedal of your choice or several pedals between that uh, overdrive clon and that amp dumble within the pedal. So it's, it's super cool. And I played it last week. I released the video earlier today, and I had a lot of fun with it. And, of course, I have it here. Uh, 289 euros, not cheap, but it doesn't sound cheap. I've played, I've never played, firstly, I've never played a Dumble, and I've never played a Clon, the real ones. However, I have played Pedals, and this is one of the better ones. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! I win. Right, let's move on. <laughs> so, so you you tried you tried to clumble or or Dumbledon? What do you think? The, does does either side excel compared to the other one? I don't know. It just sounds. I, I put it to the Fender Deluxe Reverb, and without it, it sounded dull and boring. Um. Okay. And it's not a pedal you can hide behind either. Like you got these sort of, I don't know, these these what would you call them? High gain chainsawy sort chainsaw sort of pedals. You know those those things you can hide behind. No idea what you're talking about. There Andy. we go. There we go, Ben. Thank you. Um, you can hide behind heavy gain and fuzz. This one it just brings out all your little finger movements, and I had to really be careful with my playing, which was interesting as a player. Um, mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed the pedal. I can't say, um, I can say that it's better than the cheap versions of the Dumble stuff and the Clon stuff I've played. 
because of the noise floor and things like that. You know, the, the, when you turn the gain up, you have less noise and things like that. And, oh, it's got a remote switch as well, which I didn't really use, to be honest. But you can switch between the two amps with a remote switch that you plug in on the side. All right. I really dig it. And um, I think some people are going to love it. And some people, just, it's just not for some people. Uh, and then I put a fuzz in the effects loop, and that sounded glorious. Uh, I, I want to just make a note here. You know, uh, I was at uh, Her or uh, where was I? I was at Blackbird Studio in Nashville there. You know, uh, just before COVID, and uh, I was working with Warren Hewitt on a project there, and um, him doing he was doing his master class, and I was just kind of hanging out and helping out and that kind of stuff, and it was a lot of fun. You know, um, and uh, next door actually uh, there were some guys experimenting and working out uh, some pedals with some very high end amps, and one of them happened to be a Dumble. So I had a chance mm. to plug into a Dumble and try it out. And it was like, are you guys fucking serious? You're paying this kind of money for this? Really? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> What's the big deal? I don't get it. It's like, yeah, okay. It sounds like a guitar. Great. It, it's like, it's nothing to wet yourself over. Jeez. <laughs> What's a, what speaker was it? Uh, I don't even remember at this point. And uh, which pickups? Humbuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with you, Glenn. I don't think an amp can be like two hundred thousand dollars. I think that's just silly. Insane. I understand it as a, as a history piece and the fact that they'll never be built again. But you do not need to spend two hundred thousand dollars to get that sound. That's just ridiculous. I would agree. Um, but then you know it, it is just a pedal. But it did make my guitar playing session fun. And I got okay. tones that were definitely, and it sat lovely in the mix. Like, as I said earlier, um, Glenn, my mixing skills are very limited. This, I didn't even have to EQ the guitar. It was just done, you know? Well, great. And that's, that, and that's what you want. If it's going to get you, if it's going to do the job and get you there quicker, absolutely do it. Yeah. yeah so, and, and this, you know, I was going to say, Adam Neely, you remember, um, you remember TGU there a couple of years ago? He was asking the question, do we need expensive gear uh, do, or versus cheap gear? That kind of stuff. Were you were you there at that one? Did he ask I you was, that yeah. question? Yeah. Well, he yeah. he you know he interviewed me for that one too and cut my part out of the video and I'm like because all I said is look. Yeah, I'm not in the video either. Yeah, because uh, I didn't give him an answer he liked. But the the point was it's like expensive gear will get you there faster. All right. And so and, yeah, and that's fair. The stability in a lot of a lot of ways, expensive gear will get you to get you to their goal faster. It's like you can make cheap gear work a lot of the time. But the expensive stuff will just do it quicker. It'll get you to your goal where you want to go. I mean, like this is like wh whether or not it comes to working with, you know, uh, you know, let's say stay in the context of say making up drums. Like cheap cheap mics you can make work, but expensive ones you'll have to spend a lot less time messing around with to get them to sound good. Mm -hmm. Fair comment. Um, so I, I, that pedal there, if it's getting you to your goal faster, great. The less time you have to spend messing around. You know, the same thing. Uh, same thing with my camera gear um, and lights and that kind of thing. Just doing the YouTube show, you know, spending the money on, on the good lights. Believe me, that's going to save you a lot of grief in both. Same with um, I finally upgraded to some Sony cameras and they've got this amazing autofocus system. You don't know. How, do you have any idea how much that sped up my workflow here in the studio? Because I don't have to sit there and manually focus the cameras every time I turn them on. You know, it's just turn them on and get shooting, get to work. It's just that spending the extra money in that case makes a lot 
Yeah, I'm I'm using Panasonic Lumixes, so um, you'll know. Oh, I'm I, on I a GH5 to... right now, so yes, I I, I sure your right. pain, dude. I've worked with one for years and years and years, dude. Seriously, uh, they, grab one of the new Sony's; it will change your life, and you can spend more time with your family instead of messing around with your camera. Ooh. Nailed it, nailed it, Glenn. In fact, <laughs> um, conversely, I'm on a Sony right now, and it okay. um, it is I can do anything, and it doesn't freak out at all. Yeah. Um, Dan, any thoughts on the pedal? Because Glenn seemed to be quite, quite f fine with it. Interesting, interesting. I'm, I'm really not in the market at the moment for a pedal, but I like the idea of combining those two. So you have something at hand where you can just fiddle around a little bit with, with uh, both, let's say, interpretations of, of good guitar tone. Uh, would have to, you know, check it out myself because it's, it's highly subjective, and I would be interested to, to hear how it sounds through a, a, a boogie. And and the the matching cabinet because it's also part of the equation, and uh, you know I like my Lone Star and this this amp usually you know takes on pedals pretty well and if uh, it works well with it, it could be a interesting always on pedal like you said if it makes the tone more interesting why not? Feel free to borrow it sometime. Yeah. Or even buy it or even burn it. Glenn, Let's... what is your gear pick of the week, sir? Ah, uh, well. It was going to be that new Harley Benton V I just just reviewed. That guitar was a lot of fun, but it took so, so much extra work and messing around for that. I mean, like they should basically Harley Benton should just start including fret files with their guitars. Here, you can fit it. You know, as a, sell it as a DIY kit. <laughs> Here, you can finish this yourself, kind of thing. Uh, that that I think might be a good idea. That and the they need to start putting the proper hardware on the guitars and realize that if they coat the hardware with a black enamel paint. It's not going to carry the ground to the strings, you know, because that was a problem that I had happen on two guitars, and that was a giant pain in the ass. Ah, and I've had some follow-up yeah. videos, and I tore the Harley Benton guys a new one on that one. They fucking deserved it too, because uh, <laughs> you're selling these to kids who don't know how to fix this shit. And it took, even took me a few days to figure it out how to fix this. That's not cool. Once the guitar has some work done on it, it's actually kind of a lot of fun. But um, it's like you're going to need to spend. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to probably spend 150 to 200 bucks uh, mm. bringing the guitar to a luthier to, to get it up in the playing shape. So that's not, not cool. However, I had this show up yesterday. Oh, my God. And I'm super excited about this one. This is doing it for me. Uh, this is the new Schechter. Where the hell is this? Hold on a second here. <laughs> You're going to remember the damn model numbers. I better get this right or they're going to fucking crucify me. Hold on a minute here. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just pick it Yeah, yeah. Hold on one sec. And let's see here. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, it's the SLS Elite Evil Twin. Okay. Yeah, it just rolls off, wow. the, rolls off the tongue. So this is the Schecter SLS Elite <laughs> Evil Twin. This is uh, 24, 24 frets. Uh, they got Roman numerals um, down the fretboard so the guitar players don't get confused about where they are. Big help there. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, play the fifth fret. And you can just go to the guitar player. You know, you're trying with them. Hey, make sure you're on the fifth there. You go, oh, there we are. Great. You know, just helps them out big time there. And I got to say, I'm really impressed with the fit and finish. The guitar just came absolutely flawless right out of the, bo right out of the box. There's like no marks, no scuffs. No in-system damage to speak of. And, uh, you know, that's what I've been having a lot of problems with a lot of guitar uh, manufacturers as of late is in-system damage. I mean, like, you know, I paid $2,800 for a Mustaine V earlier this year, and uh, the paint, paint job was amateur at best. And I was not impressed with that in the slightest. Uh, this 
is about half the price of one of those Mustang V's and the, the flaw finishes flawless. Um, you know, tunematic bridge, uh, it's got a compensated nut and it's got locking tuners. So that's great. The guitar plays wonderful. The, the front work is beautiful. It's got about the biggest frets I've ever seen in my life. And I was going to say, I like to play low, low string pinch harmonics. And this really grabs the notes and, and you can play them with a lot less effort, um, like on the low string around the second, third, second, third, fourth fret um, and, and just nail the squeals like almost every single time. This guitar is really easy to play um, with that kind of expression. Um, you know, it's got it's got humbucking hip, hip yeah, it's got active humbuckers, <laughs> so it does take a nine volt. Um, and I will I will say this. I did a little little experiment just before we got in here, actually, and, and I was checking it out with a couple other guitars using the same strings, the same scale length and same amp settings, all that kind of stuff. And I will say this, I've got a solar that sounded a little bit fatter. Um, and it was very slightly until you do the, uh, the, the fish, these got fishman's in it. So they got the two voicings so you can pull it out. And I'm not sure if it's an actual, you know, they're, they're hitting the coils differently or it's an actual little, you know, um, parametric EQ circuit in there. I'm going to take a wild guess that it might actually be a parametric EQ. Um, that that they're doing, and it's just it's just a slight thing. Again, it's all just you know about you know magnus magnifying glass differences in tone. So it does sound a little <laughs> bit fatter with it pulled out, and um, it you will it will switch to single coil mode too, which is really cool. Um, you know you can you can pull that and you have single coils, and that you will hear a difference because you know single coils definitely have a massive tonal difference. Everybody could pick that out in a blind test, no problem. But when you start getting into the minutia of of the tones, it's really not that big of a deal. Oh, oh, and although I got to say the guitar plays brilliantly, it sits really well. It's it's nicely balanced. Um, I'm really gonna like this guitar, having it on the show. Um, I can't wait to demo it. I, I'm gonna be shooting this over the next couple of days. I can't wait to get it on here and put it in into a regular rotation because um, Schechter built a monster. One of my absolute favorite studio machines ever was my 2007 Schechter C1 Hellraiser. And that's one up on a lot of client records, mainly because of tuning stability. Um, it's, it doesn't have an ever tune or anything like that, but the thing stays in tune and you can change tunings very simply and not have to worry about the neck doing, you know, scary things and whatnot. I've never actually even had to set that guitar up since I brought it home it, it, mm -hmm. since 2007. It's just, it's just rock solid. So I'm hoping this continues in that tradition. So there we go. That's my pick of the week. Pretty damn cool guitar, not stupidly expensive and plays really nice. And, uh, well, we'll see how it turns out. So there we go. That's a solid pick. So we've got yeah. two guitars. Dan, what was the price of the AZ that you talked about earlier? Uh, that's forty ninety nine in the states, and I think seven fifty in Europe. Seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Glenn's yours is about fourteen hundred. Is that right? Uh, let me let me just triple check that one moment. I'm so sorry about that. I should have had that information ready to go. One <laughs> no worries. Uh, the pedal that I chose, the Unobtainium, is coming in at two hundred and eighty euros. Okay, yeah, the SLS. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, please. Oh, the SLS is thirteen ninety nine. So thirteen ninety nine. So two guitars of similar prices and a pedal, which should be nowhere near the price of the guitars. <laughs> uh, Glenn, what we do, which you'll you'll enjoy this, we play a game called buy, borrow, or burn. Okay. And in this uh, hypothetical situation, you have enough money to do whatever you want and you have the resources available to you, such as fire. And you can buy, well, you have to buy something, borrow something, which you then have to give back, and you have to burn something out of these three gear picks. Okay. 
So do you understand the concept? It's fairly simple. Yes. We we somehow manage to screw it up every week, but um, we'll, we'll try and get it this week. <laughs> Before we do that, we have a quick sponsorship slot. So you can all think about which things you will buy, borrow, or burn. And um, don't turn your nose up at a sponsorship slot, Glenn. No, no, no. I was just I was just taking taking care of something. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, um, we'll do our sponsorship <laughs> slot, Glenn. We'll we'll take you out for this, you know, so so you okay. don't have to. You so know, I don't laugh too hard. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, I'll get you in trouble with sure, sponsors. I'm not sure if you will. Let's find okay. out. Dan, we have been sponsored by Guitar Auctions for the past, I don't know, for quite a while. And Six, seven, eight weeks. I don't know. Yeah. We've been building up to tomorrow. Tomorrow is actually the auction where they'll be live online showing you the guitars, uh, not just the guitars, the amps, the memorabilia, the pedals, all the kinds of stuff that they'll be auctioning off uh, tomorrow as of the live show. So that's the 7th and also I was going to say Uber tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Uber Morgan. The day after Uber tomorrow, Morgan. the 8th. The um, and that's the main pedally day. I want to show you some stuff that I found because I, I found some really cool stuff. Okay. Um, but bidding is open now. So if you want wow, to bid on something, okay. you can bid now. It's live. I wouldn't recommend you do, you know, because of sniping and things like that. But you could if you wanted to. Anyway, I found this amp. It's a 1970s mm. Selma all-purpose 30 combo guitar amplifier. It's working, but it's not original stock. And they've estimated it's going to go for 150 to 250 pounds. And it looks super cool. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know this amp. I have no idea. But it looks amazing. And if, if someone walks into my studio and saw that, they definitely want to play through it just to see what it was like. Um, it also belonged to the guitar player from The Delinquents, which is a band in Bristol, uh, which is near where I'm from. And, um, yeah, it's it's estimated to go for between 150 and 250 pounds which i think is quite reasonable yeah any yeah so looks looks amazing looks amazing and uh, with the with and, the history uh, backing up the amp it's it's even more cool and as glenn said we play with our eyes you know we buy with our eyes so yeah. if i was stood near that amp and plugged into it i would think that i would sound good I'm pretty sure it smells amazing as well. It probably just oh, oozes history, that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. clubs, you know, if Gene Winston's uh, guitar player used that amp, that has probably seen a lot of stages. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. That, is that so guitar auctions, go, go over them. Go and check them out. It, oh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's a tube amp. I don't care. It doesn't matter, does it? Cool. Okay. It looks Uber, good. <laughs> Uber tomorrow. It looks great. Uber tomorrow. Yeah. So it's guitar-auctions.co.uk. You can go and bid there now. Let's bring Glenn back in and buy Bower and Burn. Hey, Glenn. Okay. I was going to say, just on that app, you were talking about the smell. Yeah. Uh, the guys at Ward Beck Technologies here in Canada, uh, they were kind of like Canada's Neve. They, they had a technical term for that smell. They called it bar tar. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> nice. I'm sure it's got plenty of bar tar. It's oozing with bar tar, quite literally. Yeah, I would think so. Yes. Yeah. You might want to might wash down the circuit board <laughs> with, with, yeah. a, with, with some, some soap and a wire brush once you get it. <laughs> right. Let's buy, borrow, or burn. I borrow or burn. We'll go to the chat first. Um, we go to Gary O'Neill, who is going to buy the AZ, borrow the pedal, and burn the Schecter. Sorry, Glenn. 
Okay, we can burn burn Gary. There's too many Gar Garys in the world. <laughs> we got a Pooh Ninja. He's going to buy the Clumble. Thank you, Pooh. Buy, burn the Golden Boy and borrow the V. Okay. okay that's a, a safe choice. Safe choice. Melodify just because of the shape by the AZ. Borrow the okay. Schecter, burn the pedal. Oh, Ooh, it doesn't look good. Oh, doesn't look good. <laughs> Michael will borrow the Dumbleclon pedal, buy the evil guitar because I need a V in my collection, and burn the golden Ibanez because Andy's pedal won't catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure Glenn could find a way. If your pedal's not um, catching fire, he's just not using it wrong enough. <laughs> we've got a man called Adam Steele from Hot Pole Studios. Hello, Adam Steele. Um, he's just talking about Fishman. I just wanted to put him on the screen to say hello. Right. Um, I'm in super intrigued to know what Glenn's going to do with this gear, which is why I'm going to ask I'm going Glenn last. <laughs> I'm going to go last. Yeah, exactly. Go last because it's I'm the most last. fun answer. Yep. Dan, will you go first? All right. Um, of course, uh, since I picked it, not just because I work for the brand, but also because not I at like all. the guitar. Oh. Uh, I would by the AZ, the Chris, uh, borrow the the Schecter because I think it looks great. I'll be intrigued to to feel how it plays and also you know hear how it sounds. If Glenn's so um, surprised by it or convinced by it, and um, since I don't really need that Dumble Clon whatever mixture, I'll probably try to set the pedal on fire and see how it burns. Sorry. Very predictable choice this week, yeah. Daniel. Yes. Okay. I actually think it's a tough choice this week. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go next. We'll save Glenn for a little bit. <laughs> I would I would you know what I'm gonna do, Dan. You know what I'm doing with one of them already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to justify the other two. Okay, here we go. Um so I would borrow the unobtainium because i mean I've, I've got it but i would borrow it because I, w I would not be sure if i'd want a dumble sound and a clon sound but i would want to buy that schecter because i don't have a v at all and i don't have anything that's got evil in the name and that just sounds cool <laughs> which means i have to burn something i guess it will have to be the ibanez az <laughs> okay because because I have an AZ and it's phenomenal, and I don't think that I would need that in my collection. You know, the, the V would be uh, a better addition. Yeah. Final say. <laughs> Mr. Right. Fricker. Uh, yeah. Okay. Glenn, fill us in. All right. Well, I would buy the uh, I would buy the Evil Twin V because I'm kind of in love with it right now. It it really plays amazing. This is a guitar I would definitely pick up and buy and feel very happy with the purchase. Um, I would borrow the Ibanez because most of all, I just want to take it home, do some test recordings on it, run it against some other guitars with the same scale length and strings and whatnot, and see if there's anything about this voicing in the pickups that Dan's marketing bullshit is going on and on about. <laughs> I love it. And uh, just... uh, I, and I would burn the uh, and I would burn the pedal because uh, it it seems like the kind of exact tone snobbery kind of nonsense that I really fucking can't stand. And, um, <laughs> and to burn the pedal, I would probably hook it up to about seven car batteries all in series, and, uh, and, and, and then plug it in. That's how you make a pedal burn. For great video. <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but wasn't it, wasn't it, you talked about the voicing? Uh, wasn't it Adam uh, who made the point uh, in the studio about using different voicings of the same pickups to kind of make it sit nicer in the mix? Is that something? I, I don't uh, know how true that is. I mean, like it might, it might not. I don't know. I'd have to test it out to verify. That's an interesting okay. claim. I'd love to see the evidence. I'm sure he's got the traction around. He'd be more than happy to share it with me. Yeah, yeah. I think I I, I don't know how uh, if it's a case for these uh, Fishman pickups, but isn't the idea behind the the Fishman the Fluence the whole uh, Fluence pickup idea that the, uh, they have two modes one is the most uh, a more passive mode and one is a more active mode so the discrepancy between the curves should actually be be pretty recognizable in that case right it's pretty hard to tell the difference you know, okay it, it, i'll say that i've got several fishman guitars i mean like i had a strat that i wound up selling that I had some fishmans in it and that was a little bit easier to tell but you know when you're talking about some of the more higher gain shit mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of kind of difficult to tell i've got the v here what else i got that's good check got um fishman sonic give me one sec i'll be right back <laughs> just, we just, do just all leave, everything then. life yeah just leave <laughs> oh we, we whilst glenn's gone we didn't talk about it um I, I i came fifth on the music radar poll of best guitar i don't know what it was number five in, in the, that's amazing i was fifth yeah in the wow. world who, who, uh, in fact who, in the universe i might say in the universe who is who is four three two and one can you fill us in? I was firstly I beat Justin Hawkins, which is stupid because he's amazing <laughs> and I love his show. Okay. Uh, I was just I was just underneath Rick Beato, so Rick okay. and Justin Hawkins had an Andy sandwich. Um, <laughs> then I can't remember number three, but number two was um, Arya from Guitario. She is phenomenal, and I can't pronounce her name. And number one was the magnificent Ola England. All right. Interesting results. But congrats yeah. on number five. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. Congratulations on number five, Andy. That's amazing. Good for you. I, I hope more people watch your show. Yeah, I hope you so, too. It. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, my other guitar there is um, is, is made from uh, material called Rafane. And uh, that just came in Rafane. a little while ago. Yeah, it's like a composite guitar. Yeah, it's from Poland. Right. It's from Poland. It's really fucking cool, actually. Um, and it's got a fishman on it as well. And you really can't tell the difference if you pop that uh, coil top or not. So, some guitars maybe a little more than others. Let's just put it that way. There's no definitive answer there. <laughs> Good. Good. Right. Well, that was revealing gear picks this week. It was slightly predictable that I was going to burn Dan's pick, whatever it was. And. Um... <laughs> And somehow we survived Glenn Fricker, you know, choosing our picks. So thanks very yeah. much, Glenn. We, I really enjoyed that. Okay, good. That was fun. Cool. Good. Good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to go talk to Glenn now about Glenn and what Glenn does. So if you have questions for Glenn, Spotlight is on him. He's going to enjoy this thoroughly. I can tell already. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm going to kick it off with the first time that I met you, Glenn. Um, mm -hmm. Firstly, I am a big fan of what you do. I, I enjoy what you do and I learn from what you do. And out of all the people we get on the show and all the YouTubers that I know, you're one of the only ones that I actually make time to watch because <laughs> it's not too... I'm never going to get any blues licks from you. It's very different to my content. <laughs> and yeah, I, I like what you do. Compliments well, are finished. That's, that's now you know done. Okay, but yeah, I I was also a big fan when we first met, which was Music Messer in two thousand and eighteen. 
Yep, I remember that. Yep, we went out for Mexican the... food and you got sick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is the year that Henning had his camera bag um, stolen. Right? Yeah, his... yeah, the, stolen. The, the, yeah. The stolen. Yeah, stolen. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler. You know, if you're in Germany, don't go for Mexican food. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what people might not know is that I did. We did go for Mexican food, and I was super sick. And I remember stumbling through the streets of Germany, uh, trying to find my way back to my Airbnb. And I was staying with a family as well. And they were like, they thought I was um, probably under the influence of something, but it was purely just Mexican food and music messer. And um, what people might not know about Glenn is that uh, not so long ago, you asked me if I genuinely was ill that night or if you'd offended me and upset me and I'd left because I didn't like the company. Yeah. And as I said back then, I was truly ill and nothing you said or did was, was an issue. But the yeah. fact that you remembered that and the fact that you cared says a lot care. about who you are as a person. Well, yeah, of course you care. I remember we were kind of, we, we, we didn't don't. get the entrees. We were just, you know, we were just like sharing a plate of nachos. I was wondering if you're getting grossed out by that or something like that. And like, Hell I'm no. like, was it my manners? Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But there, there we go. Well, I'm sorry you were feeling bad, bad that night. That, that kind of sucked because it was a pretty good meal, actually. Yeah, I managed to, to get one beer down me and some kind of food, I think. But uh, but then you had to pay for me because I just ran out of the restaurant, <laughs> um, which I, I did pay you back via some live stream at some point. Yeah, it's all good. It's yeah, whatever. It's no big deal, man. It's just like, like I said, finally ticks off my list. Bad. That was that was an interesting week, um, and that was uh, yeah, I remember that as the sh as the year music message died. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that was awful. Sucked. It was so bad. At least there was some cool pro audio stuff, but the guitar section was terrible. But I mean, like, oh, the pro audio section was half halfway decent. There were a couple cool vendors and stuff like that. There was some good gear there. Um, it was much bigger than the guitar section uh, was. So yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. And this is the thing at those trade shows, I'm always kind of fighting with half my friends. I'm like, they're like, oh, let's go check this out. Let's go check this out. Like, Fuck that. I want to go. I want to go see. Look at the mics and preamps and shit. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a studio guy. I'm, I'm Understood. Not, you know, guitar, guitar stuff's good, but I love the studio gear. Yeah. Right. If, 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 we, if we may, we'll... yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no question from the chat. Oh, come on. Yeah. Do it. We we'll go to a question from the chat from Sarang, which is a two-parter, and there's a lot of text. So, <laughs> question for Glenn. I've always loved how perfect your articulation and voice modulation is. My theatre nerd grandpa would have loved to have watched your show because you talk exactly the way he said any presenter should. Did you ever have any training in this regard, or is it just as you are? Lol. Wow. Ooh. Um. Well, I don't know if it's training per se, just a lot of practice. You know, it, it's like this, this thing. I do this every single day. This is my job now. And, and you know, it started out kind of as a dream back in 2014. Now I've been doing it you know, full time for the last three years. It's, it's been magnificent. It does take a lot of practice. It takes a lot, a lot to come out of your shell. I mean, like I was just thinking about this the other day. You know, um, this is the thing. I was terribly shy as a child. Uh, terribly, terribly shy. I'm very, very unsure of myself. And I mean, like, I, I remember this, you know, even like going to a video arcade in 1982, 83, you know, during the, the Pac-Man rage and all that being very, very, very shy, even about what video games I would put my quarters into, you know what I mean? I'd sit there and watch and see which one would be the quote, quote unquote, best value for my money. Spoiler, none of them were, but you know, <laughs> you know but, but I mean, what could I actually play? What was I actually, you know, tough enough to try that kind of thing? 
Um, so yeah, it was definitely was a, a lot of practice. I think um, a lot of it came out of dealing with musicians in the studio. You know, that was the thing I did that for 20 years, you know, well, I did that for about 15 years, maybe. Okay. Maybe 10, how many years did I do it? A while. I, I did it for quite a while before I started doing YouTube, but it, it, it does take a lot of practice. I mean, like my earliest videos were all scripted and I started doing more and more stuff off the cuff as the show evolved. And I just found, cause I could do stuff faster that way. I still do the occasional scripted video. Uh, they're a lot of fun because I can sit there and write my jokes better. So that does help, but, uh, well, no, no good jokes need to be refined. It really can. My, this thing, my, my friend, you know, you guys see the funny guy on, on, on show, but on the show, but in truth is I'm just an asshole. At least that's what all my friends tell me because you know, I'm always <laughs> running my, running my humor by them and they get all the B material, you know what I mean? So all the horrible, horrible jokes that I tell, you know, everyone just gets pissed off. You're such an asshole. And I'm like, well, I'm writing, you know, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta find out what works and what doesn't work. And not all the jokes you write are going to land. So I think that, Henning said he's a five percent, so he gets five percent good jokes, and the rest is um is trash. And I think that's pretty generous as far as Henning's jokes are concerned. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. That, yeah, okay. I don't know, but only I, the five percent gets put in. I've known show. Henning a very long time. Not once have I ever found him funny. <laughs> oh, it hurts my heart it he's an incredible guitar player and an incredibly gifted musician and a pretty damn good speaker too so he at least has that to make up for it but funny whoa <laughs> all right i think there's a question from gary o'neill who's asking we have what... a super chat a super Ooh. chat yeah and he's asking what speaker is the best all-rounder or should we have different per genre if I get another Scylla, I'd like something different than V30 plus Neo Cream. Yeah, uh, Celestian EVH, that is the 60s voiced greenback, is the G12M EVH. That's probably going to be your, be your best all-arounder. It sounds great on everything, because that's where the guitar sound came from. I mean, like the earliest uh, cabinets were all you know set with the, uh, with the G12Ms. And uh, I went I went to Celestian this summer and I did a video with them and it was great. It's going to be coming out in January. So the G12, the G in G12 stands for general purpose. So it's a general purpose speaker, medium weight magnet. So the difference between the G12M and the G12H is the magnet weight, G12H being the heavyweight. But this is what the guitar players originally started playing on were the G12Ms because they're the general purpose speaker uh, because they're a full spectrum range speaker. They're not just voice for the mid range. Uh, yes, that is the greenback, Michael McFall. Absolutely. And this is the sound that rock and roll grew up on were the G12Ms. Those were the most popular of them. And the only reason they wound up being popular is because that's what Jim Marshall could find that was cheap and that he could put in the speaker. It's just That's how the sound right. evolved. It's, it's just yeah, how yeah. it happened that way. So if you're looking for a great all-rounder that does great on metal, does great on rock, does great on blues, yeah, that's the one right there, the, the G12 EVH, because the new G12Ms are voiced a little bit differently because they've changed things up a little bit. These ones, they worked with Eddie Van Halen to get that more mid-60s kind of sound going on uh, that they used to have, because the speakers have changed over the years. Most notably, the vintage 30s have really changed over the years. The new ones that they're putting out sound a lot closer to the older ones and they sound amazing so there we go so Thank that you, would be my, fact, my first pick for a speaker wonderful i'm actually Delighted. follow your advice because i'm using vintage v30s at the moment and i opened up my cab after watching your video and found that i have um one of the ones that are hopefully not a 2017 because that was absolute dog shit in your video that was yes. really bad uh, but I think the one I have is not one of the better ones. So I will be changing yeah. my speakers, and I think I 
we'll probably follow your advice. Yeah. Yeah, the G12Ms are incredible. They really are. And, um, you know, if you're looking for something really unique, you can pair it with like a hemp back. But I don't know if the hemp backs have hit uh, release yet. I know they've had some production original or production issues and whatnot. I've actually got a couple of the original models. They, they actually have the serial numbers handwritten on them. And it's like, that's one of my, one of those things, like you can have those when you, when you pry them from my cold dead hands, because I know those are going to be collected. Because, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, that's just the thing. I was going to say, you know, um, and if you have the if you have the scratch, um, if you have the money, go find some seventies Celestian blackbacks. Okay, for some stupid reason, uh, they're not worth as much as the greenbacks from that era, and there's absolutely no difference other than the plastic cap that they used on the magnet. Um, what the, what happened was Celestian just ran out of the green plastic caps. They had some black ones kicking around, so they're like, okay, we'll put them on here. Same speaker. I picked up a pair from 1977, and it took me uh, about 30 minutes to dial in Van Halen one tone with them. Seriously. Wow. With one Soldano, that's it. And I just pulled up the record because I was like, I was playing it like, this sounds kind of familiar. 157 Soldano, you know, just a little tweak on the EQ. Done. There we go. You can watch my video on it. And it was the closest I've ever got. And um, it, it's hilarious, you know, just watching guitar players' eyes glaze over when you play this. Like, you mean it's not? <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's all. It's been. It's the speed. This is the reason why nobody could ever get Van Halen done because they're barking down the wrong. They, they're going down the wrong path. They're barking up the wrong tree. They're thinking the pickups and the tubes and the tone wood and all the rest of that bullshit's going to make some kind of big difference. Where they forgot the most <laughs> fundamental thing, and that's the thing that actually you know makes the freaking sound. So if you can find the right speaker from that era, you're gonna have a much easier time trying to go through because the speaker ultimately is a filter. And how that is a very, very complex filter. And everything you do to your guitar sound is governed by that filter. Everything you do, every every boost and cut you make on the EQ, every pedal you put in, everything is controlled by that filter. The speaker is like gravity to human beings on earth. We just fucking, we're governed by it. We don't even notice it. This happens all the time. We don't think about it. It's the same thing with guitar players and speakers. Everything you do is governed by that speaker. I'm embarrassed to say it took me a long time to realize that. Thankfully, met years ago, but I was a long way into my playing career before I realized that maybe I should try looking at the speakers and the cabs that I was playing through rather than buying another head or, or, or another guitar. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. like not, yeah. I was gonna say now I've got something insane like twelve four by twelves in here, and I've I've got no space to live in at all anymore. I need a bigger <laughs> studio. <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> um, we've got a question from Pooh Ninja, and he's got a question about your your work. How much music production does Glenn do versus YouTube, hour wise? Oh, these days I'm mostly doing YouTube. I mean, like I I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of requests from bands. Uh, and then I give them a price quote and then usually they vanish, you know, because musicians are cheap. <laughs> it's like, I, and this is the thing, it's, it will, this, it's kind of a, it's a trade-off. I got a couple things coming up. I know I got a project coming up in spring. I did something earlier this year as well. So I, I can, the thing is I'm at a point in my career where I can be really choosy about the bands I work with. Um, so most bands just aren't working at a level where they can get, you know, stuff done in the studio quickly enough. And so my early rate is not cheap because I need to do, I, you know, I need to do YouTube. I've got, you know, sponsored projects to do that sort of thing. And, you know, this is my main living. So it's like, if the band's going to come in and take up a, a huge slot of time, they'd better be able to afford it. And, and, hmm. and that means they have to be extremely well prepared to come in. A couple bands can do it. Most can't. So, so there's that. So yes, I will produce bands when I get a chance because it's still a lot of fun, but you better bring your A game. 
because otherwise it's going to get expensive real quick. Sounds really scary, but absolutely on point. <laughs> Glenn, I, I found you, uh, my first experience with you was through Stupid Musician texts, which I still enjoy to this day. And I have been, um, I recognize some of the texts, if that makes sense. And it's so clear that musicians are troubled people. <laughs> um, they just can't seem to function. And I think that what you did was, I think you actually kind of fixed musicians to a certain extent. People were f probably far too embarrassed to be, oh, that sounds just like what that guy on YouTube is saying. And um, I know that some people I was working with changed the way they worked because they didn't want to be the subject of uh, a stupid musician text or, <laughs> or, or be likened to that. But okay, then... Fair enough. Uh, my world with you came sort of like I want to say full full circle. I was watching a Netflix documentary no. on Auto Tune, <laughs> yeah. and I was watching this Auto Tune documentary, and then on my screen on Netflix is Mr. Glenn Fricker. So I screenshot the te the screen and I send it to you, and mm -hmm. you're in the Auto Tune documentary. It's amazing. Yeah, that's um, that's Canadian, that's done by a Canadian filmmaker named Sam Dunn, and uh, he's got a production company called Banger Films, and he's done some really amazing stuff. He's done uh, the two part of their Metal Headbangers Journey and Global Metal. Those were a couple of films that came out about two thousand six, two thousand eight, sometime around then. Fabulous movies. And then he did like a tour documentary with Iron Maiden, and they talked about you know loading up a plane and all that kind of shit. That's really cool. Uh, he's done documentaries on Alice Cooper, and most recently ZZ Top. Uh, those are on Netflix as well. And then yeah, this is Pop came out. And uh, yeah, he's he's, a, he's actually an anthropologist, um, and so he studies human culture. So that's where all this comes from. Really amazing stuff. And I was kind of kind of blew me away because I've been a fan of his films. I'm like, oh, cool! I got to be in a, got to be in one of his one of his films. That's that's really cool. What really blew me away is you know I'm like right in between, like right after Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm like. Wow, that was that was the coolest part. It wasn't the fact I was in the film. It was like I, I got to be like, you know, come in like right after you know a guy I really respect. So that that was pretty wicked, and um, and I was just really happy to be part of that. Hopefully, I'll get to be on Sam's show at some point. He's got uh, he's got Banger Films YouTube channel as well, and he talks a lot about metal and that kind of stuff. And they do some shows and whatnot. Love to do something on that at some point. I think that'd be really cool. But I would definitely recommend I would recommend a lot if you like rock documentaries that kind of thing. I'd really recommend checking out a few of his other films, especially Metal Headbangers Journey. I thought that was really cool. Interesting. Yeah, and then Global Metal is really wild too because he goes to all these different countries. He goes to Brazil and China, and you know uh, the Middle East. And he goes checks out all these bands from all these different cultures and whatnot. And the main driving factor is all these kids just love cranking their amps up and pissing off their parents. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> Glenn, I I'll be super interested to um, to hear what what is the guitar or the production um, that you like the most throughout the whole like your whole musical career. Like, what's your like reference when when it's all about good rock and roll, good guitar tone? Um, I don't have a, a I, I've got a couple of references. I, I, I don't have it's not just down to one. That's for sure. But I can okay. name uh, off off the top of my head. Uh, Heartwork by Carcass. That guitar sound was legendary. Uh, we're actually going to do a video where we try and build a replica of the cabinet they used because it was actually two Marshall cabs um, with the backs off and then duct taped together. And, wow. Um, 
so they got this wow. massive, massive, massive guitar sound. So I'm going to try replicating that on the show and see if we can pull that off. Colin Richardson Sweet. is just a production genius. He really is. I mean, like Andy Sneap, who was just on my show recently, he used to he interned for for Colin. So I mean, yeah, Colin's just a legend. He's done so many incredible sounding records. But that Carcass Heartwork, that's that's one. Um, let me see other amazing guitar sounds corrosion and conformity blind um that was lightning in a bottle that record they only ever made one record that sounded like that and it was absolutely incredible done by a producer named john custer i don't know how the hell they got that guitar sound but it was glorious it was the heaviest thing i've ever heard and um oh let's see here yeah a lot of andy sneep stuff sounds incredible too like you know this godless endeavor by nevermore that kind of stuff jeff loomis you know again just a great um just a, a great, great, great guitar player. Um, what's what's my other reference tone? Oh, oh, of course, yes. In Flames, Clayman. Um, very unique, super heavy tone on that record as well. Frederick Nordstrom, huge, huge influence on my my overall production methods and whatnot. Super cool dude. Um, hope to have him on the show at some point too, because I think that'd be super cool. Hmm. And when, when you say that uh, those those albums had um, influence on your production routine. How do you how do you uh, get the info? How they worked on that? Do you reach out? Oh, to, a lot to of guessing. Okay. Okay. Well, this is the thing. We we you know back you know 2005. You know we there was the Andy Sneap forum, and um, the, a lot of the guys who hung out on the Andy Sneap forum in those days, from about 2005 to about 2008, all have careers in metal production these days. Okay. All right. Okay. You'll recognize a bunch of their names, like uh, Joey Sturgis and no Adam Nolly Get Good and okay. Misha Mansoor. <laughs> and and you know um lasso lammer all those guys were all learning we're all we we all hung out on this forum they all we all traded ideas and knowledge and that kind of stuff and it was the most helpful thing ever and like you know most of the internet forums are you know just you know glorified mudslinging matches this was really unique because everybody was trying to get better so everybody helped each other out everybody we'd throw mixes up and we'd bounce them off each other hey what do you guys think what we should do here what we should do here and you know the whole insulting you know personal attacks thing was just not tolerated during that time it wasn't until Joey had a hit with Devil Wears Prada that the that the uh, that the forum went to shit, but it was really great there for a couple of years while we're all still in the learning phase. And if you if if you go on um, that forum, it's still there. There's a there's a thread called that Clayman tone and uh, or that Clayman sound that I wrote, and I was asking, hey, does anybody have any knowledge of this? And the thing you know got like I don't know three hundred thousand views or something insane like that. Wow. on a forum post and yeah. it's just you know it's a mile long there's probably 60 70 pages on there now and it was all about learning the mic <laughs> technique frederick learn Fred, frederick knew so i i kind of mastered that technique but it never ever got the sound right and finally i just out of, the, out of the blue i found frederick on facebook and i'm like dude what the fuck is going on with this guitar sound i sent him a little video i'm like look i got the cabinet i got the mics i got this i got that what am i missing he's like well we used a 5150 on two tracks but we used a valve state on a couple of tracks too and i Oh, there we go. That's that grinding sound I've been looking for. But it also comes down to, and and again, it's all just like knowledge and learning. And it's also having the right speakers. Um, the one that was one thing I was never able to get the sound for because I bought the cabinet, but it had those shitty 2006 speakers in which had this horrible top end. Because when Celestian shifted their production from England to China, the production quality did not go along with it. And it was only up until very recently that they've actually been able to make the vintage 30s like they used to make them. They say, oh, well, we've just increased the quality control. And I'm just, oh, come on, guys. Let's let's be honest here. You've been shitting out crap speakers for the last 15 years. Somebody finally <laughs> flew over them and over there and showed them how to make them correctly. <laughs> yep. That being said, the English speakers, the English speakers are pretty great. Like, um, 
uh, I was going to say, if you're into the cream backs, you know, they've got the same lady uh, working at the selection factory for the last 30 years. She still makes those speakers by hand and she's got some skills. I got, I got a great video of it. Like I said, it's coming out in January and, uh, and she really knows her stuff. She's really awesome. And she's a metalhead. She, yeah, she's literally got a bumper sticker at her workstation that says I'd rather be moshing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Fantastic. What, when did you visit Celestium? Was that after last summer? Oh, so before of, your V30 revelation? or Yes. Or yeah. Well, that's the thing. They said, you know, uh, the guys at Celestia are like, let me send you a couple of new vintage 30s. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, really? You know, they're, they're like, they're like, trust me, these are great. And I'm like, okay. I opened them up, dropped them in, and like, yeah, they're fucking great. They're really great. Interestingly enough, somehow, you know, when I, when I did the, the second video there, when I shot them all out with all the frequency response graphs, I think I screwed up my good speaker one way or another it just has never sounded as good i might have actually warped the basket trying to get it into a cabinet that didn't have the proper space cut for it because um you know if it's like a speaker's tensioned almost like a drum head and if you fuck with that it's not going to sound the same oh speakers are very finicky things let's just put it that way and um so i actually um i, I decided to roll the dice because one of the big questions that came up and this is going to be a follow-up video coming up on my show in a few weeks um i rolled the dice and, and a lot of people have asked hey well if i order these am i going to get the new ones and you know they've been sending a lot of emails to selection because i've been getting emails from selection like they're like yeah thanks for that video asshole <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know tolman's been getting questions amazon's been questions and they've just been you know repeating the standard marketing line oh we just increased the quality control i'm like well if you do order the new ones are you going to get the new ones you know so i actually broke down i bought, bought a quartet from uh from sweetwater and they're all from 2021 and they sound fucking incredible they really do i'm like they're just as good as the 2022s i would say they they changed the dust cap somewhere around 2019 2020 somewhere around there because they went from the 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 very dense dust cap to the more clear ones that you can see through and if you check out the different models you can definitely tell that so the newer ones have the clear dust caps like the original ones from the 90s and they sound fucking amazing so i don't i don't know what what the deal is there but yeah 2021 2022 the v30s are spectacular so now getting that clayman sound is a lot easier because i've got the right speaker and it does the thing it's supposed to do so that that's where, where that comes down to. So it's all a bunch of knowledge, but it's also a lot of trial and error and just finding out what wants. But the, the big remaining thing, the big mystery, the one that really made it difficult for me and why I was never able to achieve the sound I was looking for was because the speaker was working against me because it's once again, it's that filter. All right. So there we go. Thanks, Glenn. Because Glenn, we're going to do right another speaker, sponsorship. Never gonna get it. I'm sorry. We're going to go for it. We've got another sponsor to talk about. So we're oh, going to. Give you a little break, and you can go off and, and think about speakers for a minute. So uh, we can welcome you back in a second. <laughs> yep. Dan, um, yes. here we go. Here we go. Wait, we're, we're going to get ready for this. <clears throat> Guitars are good, right? Yeah, they are amazing. They can be better. Stumac, they make guitars better, and they have tools to do that and i use the tools in my i don't say daily life but certainly weekly life i know that you dan also uh, have a lot of the tools that stumac produce and they are some of the best in the world they don't just do tools i found something what? dan that's that's very cool Sh show me please i'll show you it is a mini t-star electric guitar kit <laughs> That's hilariously funny. You know, it reminds me of that uh, of that meme uh, that's that says uh, Ed Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like that one. 
I don't know how good it is, to be 100% honest, but it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like the sort of thing that you could build quite simply. There is some soldering involved, but it's very, very simple. It's a Telecaster Star Guitar. It doesn't get more simple. But they have $100, I can't say the word dollars. They have $100 off the mini electric guitar kits at the moment. So if you're listening or watching around this time when we've aired the episode, then save yourself 100 bucks at Stumac by... uh, buying yourself a kit and um that is one of the things that i would like for christmas in case anyone's yeah i was about to say that looks like christmas fun project question. for for the christmas days like between the years ideal and then you can play a tune on new year's eve right i don't know i mean i've got a couple of other guitars i could do that with but on the yeah. couch yeah maybe yeah well, all right well th- that's our um i think our final sponsorship from stumac Oh, we might wow. see them again. We might not. I've really enjoyed uh, learning about what Stumac offer. Yeah, thank you, Stumac, for supporting us and uh, and being cool. Yeah, let's bring Glenn back. Fantastic. Glenn, welcome back to the chat. Hello. Hello. Hey. Yeah, stu- yeah, I would agree about the Stumac thing. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. pretty faultless. Yeah, um, you 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 need to fix your guitar. Yeah, that's that's where you should go to check your shit out. I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, just a follow-up question on the um, on my my previous one. You you are so enthusiastic. It's it, like especially about speakers. It's con- absolutely contagious. Was that born out of the necessity to kind of find a certain tone, or was were you always fascinated by the let's say overlooked effect that speakers have, and kind of started your quest there to kind of demystify and and figure out what you know the specific specifications are and what you know speakers produce, what kind of tone. Um, let's see here. I was going to say, I really, I'm just really enthusiastic about whatever I'm working on. You know what I mean? It's like 20 years ago when I was learning how to record drums, I got super enthusiastic about that. You know what I mean? It's like, you kind of okay. get to a certain point like, okay, we got that figured out. What, what can we, what can we do now? And it's like, you know, the whole guitar sound thing. It's like, well, uh, again, it's, it's the speaker thing because it's like, we don't, I got, again, I got an episode coming up on this and it's like, it's hilarious. You know, I read in the comments, some of these comments I get on the show and it's like, Oh, sounds in the speakers. Bah, ha, 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 ha. And it's like the amount of information out there that's just dead wrong about what you should be looking at for a guitar tone. It's just mind blowing. I mean, like, I've got guys who like they're literally called blah, blah, you know, you know, Bob's guitar repair channel laughing at me because I said we should be looking at our speakers. I had I had a you know, I remember I had a I had a group coming in the studio about 10 years ago and uh the guitar player wanted to bring his rig and i'm like cool he's like well i got this marshall i'm like wonderful and he's like i want to bring my cabin too i'm like great what speakers in there and he just laughed at me and i'm like he's like ah, <laughs> what do you care about speakers for and i'm like i'm like uh because that's the really important part no no it's not it's because we're so convinced that everything else but the important thing is important you know again we've all just been kind of you know led down this way because we like shiny things it, it really comes down to speakers aren't shiny so nobody pays attention to them. they're usually hidden behind grill cloths they don't look cool so we don't even think about it i've got a great quote from from a viewer who said something along the lines of well i don't like you know i don't give a shit about the speaker because you can't even see them anyway <laughs> it's like do you realize okay these instruments make sound <laughs> <laughs> Stop to think about that for a split second. <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter. We're worried about the sound. Worry about that. 
<laughs> it's like, yes, um, you mentioned stupid musician text. I haven't done an episode of that in a couple of years because it's like it's kind of run its course. But I might be doing a new series called Stupid Guitar Player Text because, wow, is there ever a lot of great, uh, great, great quotes out there from guitar players. <laughs> you know, uh, like my per personal favorite one. Um, again, this, this all comes back to I'm, I'm researching certain tones and how they're made, you know, and just trying to find some information on that can be really difficult. Like I'm like, OK, well, how about the Hetfield tone? Um, and it, it varies from album to album and it's like, okay, so, uh, black album tone was actually an art, uh, no, not an art, an ADA MP1 into a Mesa Boogie tube amp into a Marshall, uh, vintage 30 cab. Um, I happen to have all those and I've got a Marshall vintage 30 cab from like 2003. So it's still got the good vintage thirties in it for, you know, it's still got the English made vintage thirties in it. So that's cool. Um, I've got somebody lent me an ADA MP1 and I need to do a video on this anyway. So, and I've got enough tube power sections. I'm sure I can get it figured out. So getting that tone shouldn't be too tough, but, uh, if you start looking at ride the lightning tone or, you know, uh, master of puppets, that kind of thing, that's where it's, things get a little bit more unclear because there's a big debate on to what was actually being used in the studio. And you, then you start looking into, you know, what speakers they were using. And it's like, there's just no information at all because nobody stops to think about it. But my favorite line, and I, I screenshotted this because one guy said something along the lines of, oh, well, you know, 99% of the sound's in the hands anyway, so I'm just like, so you can just forget about it. And it's like, no, 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 it's not. No, no, no. The sound is in the hands isn't really based on any kind of reality other than guitar players are frustrated that they can't get the sounds they're after. That's really what it comes down to. Well, I'll never get that sound. That's got to be in the hands. No, you just have the wrong speaker. <laughs> <laughs> really what it comes down to you got to get the right speaker from the right era i i know what the title of the episode is going to be um <laughs> we, we've actually you've changed someone's life glenn today melodify okay. who is a consistent uh visitor to the channel has said i never realized the importance about speakers until this show so glenn you are fixing the world one guitar player at a time well all i can do is is you know just just uh, do the experiments and do the work and then show my results. You know what I mean? And go, mm. holy shit, you know, we need to start, stop barking up the wrong trees and then start really thinking about what, what's actually, you know, the sound is coming out of. I mean, you know, I did the, uh, I did the tube test there last year where we tried out a whole bunch of amps uh, with different tubes and whatnot. And the differences were you know, pretty much, they, they pretty much canceled out. You know, we could hear like some clicking, but we didn't hear massive frequency shifts when you start doing null tests. Like if you, you know, mic up a guitar cabinet and then put a 57 on and then a 421 and then flip the phase, you're going to hear like a whistling kind of sound and whatnot. And that's the frequencies left over. That's what, uh, that's what the frequency shift is. You know, um, it's called a null test. It's a very simple way to tell differences from sound to sound to sound. Uh, so we thought, I thought, hey, let's do, let's have some fun here. Let's try out a bunch of different preamp tubes, a bunch of power amp tubes, and start doing null tests. And um, well, let's put it this way: most guitar of the guitar community wanted to crucify me for that one because <laughs> I'm like, guess what, guys? <laughs> the the tone is not shifting here. So all you guys are going on and on and on endlessly about this kind of tubes, that kind of tubes. Well, guess what? Not based on any kind of measurable scientific reality, unfortunately. You know, so, and, and this thing, we get some clicking sounds. So that would tell me that the tubes are distorting at a slightly different rate. So are you going to, and there are differences in amplitude. Some tubes might be a little louder than the others, but here's the thing. If tubes start have, taking on these magical qualities that people think they have, then they can't have that label. You know, a 12, then your 12 AX7 is no longer a 12 AX7. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to be within spec. 
And so, like I said, some tubes might be a little hotter. Some tubes might be a little quieter, but that's about it. Um, are they going to revoice your amp? Absolutely not. So my suggestion would be if you're into tubes and that kind of thing, you're wondering about changing out your tubes or buying new tubes, what tubes should I get? Well, if they're, your, if they're sitting in your amp and they work, leave them. You've got the perfect tubes that your amp needs. <laughs> and and uh, Jim Lill will back me, up, back me up on this one. Did you guys see the video he did on uh, where sound comes from on a guitar amp? And yeah, he built see, like, see the, the, the breadboard amps. You know, yeah. And he's like, yo, there's no real difference between tube distortion and, and pedal distortion. Yeah, you know what? He was right on the money. He was absolutely right on the money. He knocked it out of the park with that video. And some people thought, hey, what, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, he's not he's not disagreeing with anything I've said. You know, so it's, it's my, my conclusions are the same same he's got. I, we just went about it in different methods. Um, his video blew my mind. He took it much farther than I would have ever thought to do, especially, you know, breadboarding an amp together to figure this out. Oh, that was pretty impressive. And you had a great point. The big thing is really where the EQ is in relation to the distortion mm. in terms of preamp sound. But again, that all gets filtered through a speaker. So you can change your voicing up real simple that way. <laughs> but Good point. The whole thing about vintage tubes, you know, and, and this is the thing, what, what was really great, because the big complaint I always get is, oh, you just talk about metal tones. You just talk about metal tones. Well, what about real tones? So when we did the tube test, yeah, we used a little Joyo band amp, like a little single tube amp. We used my 5150 uh, for the preamp tubes. We used my dual rectifier for the power amp tube, 6L6 versus EL34. There blew my mind. There was no difference at all. Like none. Doesn't matter. Didn't matter how hard you drove the amp or anything. It just did not change the sound at all. That that was pretty mind blowing. And um, but for cleans, we put we I borrowed my buddy's dad's nineteen fifty eight Fender Pro, and uh, we changed the tubes out that. And because you know, hey, let's let's get one of the original Fenders for all the tone snobs out there. And we changed all the tubes around. And guess what? Not a damn thing. No noticeable difference. Other than amplitude, other than some tubes are a little louder than others. That's it. So now this all comes back on what's called the Fletcher Munson effect. Okay. Do you guys know what that is? No. No. Okay. All right. So human <laughs> perception is flawed. So the Fletcher Munson effect is this. Basically means when we hear something louder, we think it sounds better. Okay. So if you if you play something and then you play a slightly louder version of it, you're you're automatically going to think that the, the the louder one you know sounds much more fuller and richer and that kind of thing. Well, there's no real difference in the sound. All there has been is the volume change, and this is something that f screws up guitar players massively because they don't think to make um, they don't think to you know even volumes out and take a listen. So once you take those volume changes out and then start. Um, <laughs> Fletcher Munster effect. Hey Ryan, how you doing? Hope you get sunburned, you fucking albino bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the sun down there in San Diego, man. Anyway, well, miss you, dude. Anyway, um, any, anyway, yeah. So, so it's like when you when you actually you know even out the volume levels and start doing checking out the frequency responses and all that kind of thing, you don't hear any massive shift or whatnot. So, my suggestion would be, don't waste your money on tubes. <laughs> it's like just get the ones that work. And you're good to go. Um, what was the ultimate conclusion I had out of all this? Oh, fuck, I, I, I got lost in train of thought. Yeah. So basically, yeah, don't 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 waste your money on tubes. Regarding your your love for speakers and spreading mm. the word of speakers, mm. how do you come into IRs? Because I know guitar players love collecting IRs, and yes. you'd think that by collecting irs and trying so many at some point most guitar players should realize 
that the IR is making a huge difference on their sound, which is coming from the speaker. So how do you feel about that? Well, I think, you know, I'm going to take the Douglas Adams approach to this one. It's like guitar, if guitar players actually, you know, stop looking at themselves in the mirrors, their brains might start working. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said then. I was uh, looking at myself in the camera. Yes, yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, but that's the thing, though. Yeah, that's the thing. IRs are basically digital snapshots of speakers and mic combinations. You get massive differences in tone just by swapping them out. And it's like, I don't understand why some guys don't realize it's like, hey, this is the part that actually, you know, makes the real difference. You know, Okay. I don't get it. I mean, like, I, I just did something for Tonex uh, that's going to be coming out in a few weeks. Uh, I was very impressed with that system, by the way. Um, and I did, like, four amp captures here. I did the Angle, the Soldano, the Driftwood, and the Rev, and I captured all four. And it's all variations on a theme. You know, it's all, one might be a little bassier than the other, that kind of thing, but it's all basically kind of sounds the same. It's only when you start changing out the speaker that, that you get the massive, gigantic differences in tone. You know, Soldano right. might be a little, you know, a little less bottom end kind of thing. Uh, the, the Driftwood might, might be a little brighter, that kind of thing. Again, it's all just basically where the EQ is in relation to the distortion. And that's all. Still haven't tried Tonex. I need to get my uh, my. It's, it's very, very, very good. The, the interface is a little clunky. I've got some issues with a couple things. But when it comes to the actual amp captures, they're brilliant. They're really good. Kemper should be very fucking worried. Let's just put it that Okay. Way. Interesting. Yeah. Oh wow, they're really good. Cool. Yeah, I would. I'd recommend spending some time with it and playing with it. It's great. Glenn, we are going to finish in just a moment. Is there anything else about speakers you'd like to mention before we uh, before we sign yeah, off? Yeah, the, the great thing is, you know, the speakers aren't really that expensive. You know what I mean? You can. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, this is the thing for the price of a pedal for less than the price of a pedal you can go buy a new speaker and try it out like a pedal is going to cost you 200 bucks these days uh, some so obviously some pedal is going to be far cheaper than the other but i mean like you can go pick up you know a new speaker for 150 bucks 175 bucks one of the new vintage 30 is going to cost you 150 bucks one, one of the greenbacks isn't or one of the uh evh G, you know aren't, aren't going to be that expensive either warehouse guitar speakers has a whole slew of uh speakers like the uh the reapers are really cool as well they, they've got kind of their own sound going on um you know i'm going to be doing some more work with some other other companies and whatnot because I want to check check out all kinds of different speakers. Because I, I think that's that's something that's really not explored very much um, in, in guitar culture, which is, again, just kind of boggles my mind. It's like, maybe we should be taking a, 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 big, uh, a look at this. Like, there's some new speaker companies out. I think I saw one at NAMM this year. I still got to reach out to them and see if we can do something. Um, but yeah, Warehouse makes some amazing stuff. Oh, one, one of my favorite speakers uh, that come out in the last couple of years is the Hesu Demon. Those are absolutely amazing. They're made in Poland. They're freaking incredible what are they called hesu demon h-e-s-u is the brand name hesu demon all right i'll have to check those yeah. out they're phenomenal speakers yeah reach out see if you can get something on the show uh, i know ola's a big fan that's actually why i found out about him because it was ola's show he was trying them i'm like fuck these are amazing so those those are really cool so you know we're kind of actually at a bit of a renaissance when speakers are coming because I know there's just so many available out there. I got some Mojo Tones that I still need to check out. Um, I know I want to do some stuff with Jensen as well, as well as, um, um, oh, I've got that uh, Mick Thompson speaker by, uh, oh, what, what's the name of it? Eminence. Eminence. I keep hearing some great things about the Swamp things as well. But I just, I just did a, uh, again, just going back on the whole speaker thing. I mean, like I just did a video with Laney about, you know, the early black Sabbath tone 
And Adam Steele can back me up on this one. Yes, uh, Sarang, you're right. The DV77, that's a, that's a really cool speaker. I got one sitting in my angle cam. But I just did a piece with Laney on their on their little three watt amp. That's a lot of fun because I had to redo that because uh, Adam Steele got completely shit faced the night before with the Germans at, at Gear Street. And, and he's like, "Can you take that video down, please?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that might be." I like, I fucking warned you guys. But, anyway. <laughs> but um, Adam actually did the the captures uh for two notes that go along with that thing and they actually captured one of tony's early caps mm. and uh, it's really easy to dial in the early sabbath sound because the early cabs weren't mounting celestians they were mounting goodmans and uh those oh. uh, yeah yeah they were goodman speakers and that's why it had that really unique buzz to them and if you do a little extrapolation a little bit of deductive reasoning yeah, Texas heat and the swamp thing. You're right, Dave. Dave, I keep hearing about that. I want to check that out for sure. But here's the thing. Early studios in England, well, not early studios, but I mean like late 60s, early 70s studios in England would not have had an abundance of SM57s because back in those days, the SM57 was still made in America. So it would have been expensive to get one into uh, an English studio. However, the Sennheiser MD421 was made in Germany and didn't quite have all the excise taxes it did back then. So they were much easier to get a hold of. And a 421 is voiced very differently than a 57. But if you watch a lot of European videos from classic rock bands, a lot of guys, they're everywhere. They're on the drums. People are singing into them because they were cheap and easy to get. So if you take that two notes capture that Adam Steele did of the Goodman loaded uh, Laney cab, supergroup cab, and you put on a uh, 421 mic on it instead of a 57 and crank it up. Boom. There's fucking, there's first Black Sabbath album tone right there. And that takes about five seconds to get with the right knowledge. <laughs> wow. And, and the, the thing <laughs> is, you, yeah, dude. you go check it out. Like we did, we did a cover of NIB with it and we nailed the tone. I mean, nailed it. And it, it took about, it took nothing. And the thing was all the comments are going, yeah, but you need P90s, but you need P90s, you need P90s, 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 P90s. Like, no, it's not the fucking pickups. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the show. It's Woo! not the fucking pickups. There's the title. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's the freaking speaker. <laughs> Which actually brings us full circle to the very beginning of the episode when I was bringing up the Fishman fluences, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glenn, thank you so much for your time, man. It is always a pleasure hanging out with you, and Pleasure's it's really, mine. really thank cool to finally get with the show. Thank you so much for having thank me. You. Totally down to do this again at some time if you want. <laughs> thank you, man. Thanks for schooling um, us in caps. Please, everyone uh, who hasn't really touched uh, based on the whole topic, check out your caps, uh, do some research. Uh, it can only improve if you know more about, you know, what's going on behind behind the magic curtain and and um yeah. hey guys if you do watch my show please leave a comment on some of my videos and ask why hasn't there been any ibanez on your show yet glenn <laughs> I, I absolutely love ibanez i really do um i, I can't i would love to do something with you guys at some point anyway uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. This was really a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to seeing you andy um in in february you are coming are you not we will see each other soon, Glenn. Okay, magnificent. Okay, you guys have yourselves a wonderful day, and uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, yeah, yeah, it is December, so we can actually say that Christmas is like yeah, we 19 can. days away. Oh, yeah. shit, I better go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some new speakers, folks. Yeah, oh, I will. Yeah. Oh.
I, if I had my camera port, I'd show you the giant stack of speakers I got out in the other room. It's like, it's just all cabs and speakers. I have no space to do anything anymore. <laughs> Fantastic. Be careful what you wish for. Okay, yeah, thank exactly. you to everybody that's in the live chat for joining us this evening. If you're listening to the audio version, then be careful with what it is you're doing. We will be back next week. Bye, everybody. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. See ya.